I'm a real supersonic, pass the ball like magic. Sean Kim or Larry Bird, the old school Mavericks. I got basketball cards, gonna sing a little more. I got basketball cards, now enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Godfather Nate Milton. And right now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, show me your basketball cards. In the spirit of the great names of the past, like Dikembe Mutombo, and not Michael Jordan, but Baby Jordan, Harold Miner, Drazen, Arvidas, J.R. Ryder bringing that East Bay funk. I bring to you the man who met World Be Free and Danny Ferry, your host and my brother, Zaire, also known as Bandana Z. Welcome back to my basketball cards. I am your host, Zaire, a.k.a. Bandana Z. Big shout out to Paris Alexa for the theme song and Nate Milton who introduces me on these episodes. We are still talking about cards from the FLIR 1990 update series. This episode, we're going to talk about the steal of the 1990 draft and a slam dunk champion, Mr. Cedric Sabalis. I heard his name pronounced Sabalios too. Not sure which one is the proper enunciation or pronunciation, but um, more referred to as Cedric Sabalis, at least from what I've heard. So we'll call him that. Uh, he was a small forward, six foot six, right-handed uh, scoring machine. Out of he was born in Maui, Hawaii, but he went to high school in Compton, California. Dominguez was the name of his school. Um, Compton, you know, is known for the uh, music scene that it created back in the late eighties, mid eighties to late eighties and, and all throughout the nineties. Um, you know, famous rappers like Easy E and DJ Quick and Ice Cube from Compton. Um, so, you know, definitely has a rich history in entertainment, but also in athletics, Cedric Sabalis went to, um, Dominguez High School there. So after that, he had a successful career at Cal State Fullerton. He averaged about 21 points and 10 rebounds for his career in two seasons. And then he went ahead and declared himself eligible for the NBA draft in 1990. Um, in that draft, that's, you know, 19, when it's the beginning of the decade, people are just ready to talk about, you know, this is the player of the decade, the player of the 90s. You learn like throughout the decade that you're going to get great players throughout the decade. It just won't be one year, but everybody's excited, you know, in 1990. And, and so Derek Coleman definitely was the first guy. Uh, Cedric Sabalis, you know, this is the first draft where the draft was just two rounds. So um, Cedric Sabalis goes 48th overall. It was only 54 picks in this draft. Two, only two of those players didn't play an NBA game. Uh, but when you look at where Cedric Sabalas was drafted, you know, he's the seventh best scorer in this draft overall for his career. So not bad when you were selected 48th overall. Um, so he's in a draft class with Derek Coleman, with uh, Hall of Famer Gary Payton, with Kendall Gill, who, um, you know, had a pretty good, long, productive career. Um just a, a, a nice 
selection of players who played lengthy years. Uh, Eldon Campbell is also in this draft class. Tony Kukoc is in this draft class. Uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, Dennis Scott, um, Antonio Davis. People, players that just contributed and had lengthy careers. Um, you know, we, at the time you would hope, oh, we're going to have about four or five stars, but it didn't really turn out that way. Derek Coleman had his moment as a star. Um, you know, Kendall Gill had years where he really put up big numbers. Um, but pretty much most of this draft class was full of players that, you know, you need on a team that are important, but not necessarily the number one guys. Um, the only big superstar that, that, you know, was a star throughout his career pretty much was Gary Payton in this draft. But Cedric Sabalas actually did have his moment or two or three as a star in the NBA, which, you know, why I say he's the steal of the draft because nobody really saw him. I don't think anybody saw him becoming an all-star. Because if they did, they would have drafted him in the first round. <laughs> um, but he did become an all-star. So first year he plays 1990-91 with the Phoenix Suns, plays 63 games, averages 8.2 points per game. First two seasons in the league, he pretty much came off of the bench. Um, let's say he played 127 games his first two seasons and only started four of those games. Uh, but during his rookie year, we're going to try and take a look and see what he did, um, if he had any big moments. So his biggest game, his rookie season, uh, was a 34-point performance in April six on April 16, 1991. He shot 13 of 22 at Denver. The Phoenix Suns win by 35 points. Cedric Sabalas scores 34 points, pulls down eight rebounds, and dishes out three assists. Um, going to take a look and see what was going on during that game. Phoenix wins 153-118. to Denver was not that good that year. Denver definitely could put the ball in the basket, but they could do little else. Um, so 153-118. to Phoenix improves to 53-26. and Denver drops to 19-60. and um, On this day, Cedric comes off the bench with 34 points. Uh, other players for the Suns, Jeff Hornacek puts up 21, Kevin Johnson 16, um, Mark West, the tough, just rugged center, scored 14 points, um, Xavier McDaniel 14 points, Tom Chambers 13 points, Dan, Thunder Dan Marley put up 14 off of the bench. Denver, um was led in scoring by the small but furious and fast uh, Michael Adams, five foot ten guard that can put the ball in the basket. He scored 23 points, but he only shot 5 of 18. Yuck. Uh, he did knock down 11 of 12 free throws, and he did dish out eight assists. Jerome Lane is a name that maybe we'll do an episode on someday. He had 16 points and 10 rebounds. He was a rebounding machine. But we'll talk about that another time. Um, Cedric Sabalas, uh, big game, 34 points, biggest game of his rookie season. He also, he had two 30-point games his rookie season. This, the first of the first 30-point game of his rookie season actually came against Denver as well. And that was 
November 10th, 1990, and that was in his fourth game. So his first two, four, four, first three games that he played, first three games that he played, he only played two minutes his debut game, two minutes in a two, 23 point win over Utah. Um, and he scored two points. His second game, they lost by one to Utah. He played 11 minutes and scored six points. In his third game, they won by seven against Golden State. He scored five points. So game four, I'm sure like no one's expecting much from Cedric Savalas, but has his first big game in his fourth NBA game. He scores 32 points in another route against Denver. Denver, once again, I told you, they could put the ball in the basket. They just couldn't defend. Here's, this is ugly. Check this out. Phoenix scored 173 points on November 10th, 1990. They beat Denver 173 to 143. Phoenix improved the 3-1. Denver dropped to 0 Six, 173 to 143. This is like an all-star game score. Um, in this game, Cedric scores his 32 points off of the bench, going 12 of 15, didn't hardly miss anything, uh, no three-pointers. Um, and the other scores for Phoenix, while they put up 173, Kenny Battle also came off of the bench, put up 23 points. Mark West, 16 points, and he's a guy that normally scored about 8 to 9 points a game. Mark West, 16 points. Tom Chambers, 20 points. Uh, Kevin Johnson, 23 points. And Dan Marley, 21 points. This is before um, Phoenix acquired Xavier McDaniel this season, so this is early in the year. But amazing. Uh, wow. You got Three guys on the team scoring 20 and one guy scoring 32. Uh, three guys scored 20 or more. For Denver, they were led in scoring once again by Orlando Warridge's 41 points. Mahmoud Abdullah-Rauf put up 26. And Walter Davis, the, le- the legendary veteran, scored 22. 173 to 143. I just can't get past that. Uh, <laughs> so... Just some uh, amazing moments for Cedric Sabalas. Uh, just cool moments for him to be a part of as a rookie. Um, he had four games with 20 to 29 points that season. Uh, one of those games was 27 points in a seven or 20 point blowout loss to Denver. Uh, pretty much all the games where he scored over 20 points were all blowouts. Um, so he was able to get in, and most of them were blowout wins. So he was able to get in and put some work in. Um, so yeah, those are the big games from his rookie season. He, um, you know, the next year averaged less, 7.2 points per game, um, and about the same amount of minutes per game that he played as a rookie. His, um, breakout season, I don't want to say breakout season, but the season where he was able to contribute more was the 92-93 season. In his third year, 23 years old, um, he played 74 games, started 46 of them, and he averaged 12.8 points per game. This is the year that the Phoenix Suns qualify for the NBA Finals. Um, 
And prior to that, in 91-92, he actually played in the playoffs. Um, he made it to the playoffs every year he was in Phoenix. But his second year, he started all eight of Phoenix's playoff games. And he put in eight. Uh, he averaged 13.5 points per game during the playoff run in 91-92. So I think that really uh, allowed, you know, Phoenix to say, all right, this guy probably should be starting. His biggest playoff game in the 91-92 season was a game against the Portland Trailblazers. They lost that game, but he put up 20 points, and he scored double digits in uh, most of his playoff games. Um, let's see. Yeah, five. He scored 13 or more points in five of those playoff games, and – less than 10 in three of those games. So he proved something his second year um, that he was capable. And so his third year, he was, um, you know, received a lot more playing time. And he's there alongside Charles Barkley and the Phoenix Suns, make it all the way to the NBA Finals, where they lost to the Chicago Bulls. And Cedric Sabalas became more of a household name, Playing alongside Charles Barkley, he got more attention. Uh, playing against, you know, the Bulls in the in the finals, it's like, yeah, okay, we see Cedric Sabalas. You hear his name, um, and he definitely uh, started to shine a bit. However, the person who you thought that year was the player of the future was a guy by the name of Richard Dumas, or Dumas. Uh, Richard Dumas at 23 years old, was a young player just like Cedric Sabalas, and they were the same age. He only played 48 games that year, but he averaged 15.8 points per game. He was a small forward and a power forward. And his uh, first season, he didn't play in the NBA due to substance abuse problems. His second season, you know, was his best year um, overall. He really shined, and in the playoffs he did some good things against like Michael Jordan and the Bulls and and you know you remember his name when that series was over however um I'm trying to see what he averaged in the playoffs that year Richard Dumas averaged 10.9 points per game during the NBA playoffs in 92-93 but yeah like I said he shined during the uh, finals especially and his career never really took off because he just couldn't shake his drug problem, an alcohol problem. However, um, Cedric Sabalas, you know, you know, you looked at him and you know, you thought like, okay, he's going to be pretty good. But during that year, Richard Dumas was pretty much shining, um, outshining Cedric. But Cedric was able to keep his head straight and he didn't have the same issues that Richard Dumas had. So he went forward, and by the time the 94-95 season came along, Cedric Sabalas was an all-star with the Lakers, 21.7 points per game, first season with the Los Angeles Lakers, and I believe that's where he got the name The Chives. I could be wrong, but his nickname, Franchise The Chives, short for franchise, and he, he became a star. Whenever you saw Cedric Sabalas on TV, especially during his Lakers run, you just saw that twinkle in his eye. Like, he realized, like, you know what? I worked hard to get here. I am legitimate, and I know I'm that good. And not to say he was arrogant, but he definitely knew how good he was. And 
he played like he played like a star um, while he was with the Lakers for um, that time. A um, couple seasons averaging over 20 points per game, which is impressive, especially for a late second round draft pick. So um, this is the Lakers prior to, you know, Shaq and Kobe. Um, and he was with the Lakers from 94-95 to 96-97 until uh, he returned to Phoenix. But um, Cedric Sabalas, his his claim to fame while with Phoenix in the early years was being the slam dunk champion. And at that time, the slam dunk contest was a big deal. Um, it is a big deal here and there um, throughout the years. It loses its luster. And I think the biggest problem with the slam dunk contest is just the consistency of having superstars in it. Um, some years, you know, they just like want to focus on the lesser known players to get them more exposure. But I think it's a foolproof method. The slam dunk is at its best when you have maybe two or three top guys, uh, stars, superstars in the contest. Or maybe you have one superstar and then like two rookies that are like top level and maybe another veteran that's a a known player. But you got to have guys that we care about and you got to have good dunkers. So if you put that mix together... It's usually entertaining, but some years it's just guys and, you know, sometimes the dunkers aren't that good and sometimes the names aren't that big. So you have highs and lows. So when Cedric Sabalas was in the dunk contest, this was like, you know, nearly the end of the original heyday. I would say the excitement for the NBA dunk contest um, was from 84 to about 95, those were the years where we were in front of the TV with our popcorn, excited and ready to watch some really great dunkers. And something happened. I, I think like Harold Miner in 95, when he won his second dunk contest in three years, I, I recall him not being enthusiastic about how the contest went and feeling that it needed to be better and that there needed to be some better performances and better, I guess, players. I don't know. But, yeah, I just remember him being a little disappointed after the win going, it ain't the same as when he won two years before in 1993. And you could tell it was a drop-off. In 1996, people loved to talk about Brent Berry's slam dunk championship. And that was the first year where I was just totally bored watching the dunk contest. It was boring, okay? And Brent Berry, you know, congrats to him for winning it, but it was not exciting, and his dunk wasn't exciting. It was not fun, in my opinion, to watch that contest. And after that, it just was a lull to the point where um, there wasn't even a dunk contest in 1998. That's how bad it got. Uh, So... It, it, yeah, it went downhill and revived itself in 2000 when Vince Carter did his thing. And, you know, if you don't know about that dunk contest, please do yourself a favor 
Google it, watch it on YouTube. Um, a lot of people think it's the greatest NBA dunk contest of all time. But going back to Cedric Sabalis, he won his in 1992 uh, and was known for putting a blindfold over his eye and then dunking. And there is a controversy. Did, could he see through the blindfold? And there are people who think that he could see. And there are people who says, no, he couldn't see. And so I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, but we are about to talk to NBA champion, 1995 NBA champion, Chucky Brown, who has appeared on every episode this season to talk about um, players that he played with and against. He's going to talk about Cedric Sabalas and the subject of the blindfold does come up and he shares his thoughts. Um, and also a thing about Chucky is that Chucky had a long NBA career and his career was based on being able to make things harder and try to defend Cedric Sabalas. Players like him, uh, swingmen that could score. Um, his job was to slow them down or stop them if possible. So an interesting perspective uh, coming from Chucky Brown, as always, um, as a person who participated in these contests. So check out Chucky Brown talking about Cedric Sabalas. All right, here we go. Back here with Chucky Brown, NBA champion and um, competitor of Danny Ferry. Uh, we've got <laughs> Chucky, <laughs> Chucky back with us. We're going to talk about uh, Cedric Sabalas, man. This is a guy that was uh, maybe a year after you. So you're, you're in your yeah. second year when he comes to the NBA. He's a guy right. to end up winning a slam dunk competition. Um, right. And he also um, made it to the NBA Finals with the Suns when he was playing alongside Charles Barkley, Kevin Johnson. Talented player. Um, yep. The Chies, he used to call himself. He, he, when he was with L.A., he became an all-star, and he just knew he was the man. So right. tell us about Cedric Sabalas. What was it like? I'm sure you had to guard him a few times because y'all played similar mm-hmm. position. Um, you right. were stronger than him, but he's a guy that was super athletic. Uh, what about Cedric Sabalas? What was um, something about him? Well, he played with a lot of energy, and he could score the ball so well. So, And Cedric, the thing about Cedric is he had a great, like, second jump. You know what I'm saying? Like, he would go, like, he would shoot the ball, and his second jump was quicker than your second jump most of the time. You know what I mean? And he wasn't really, like, a great leaper, but he was just quick off his feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just he just he just knew how to score the ball, you know what I'm saying? It's just very active. So when you played against him, you had to play with a lot of energy. Now playing against him with a lot of energy doesn't that like wear you out? I mean, because I mean you're exerting this energy, and, and I mean you was you was never the guy that's averaging twenty points a game. So I guess you right. did focus more on the defensive side. Um, was that what was that what kept you in the league and kept you paid? Because it's like hey. We know this guy's gonna bring it on defense. We got other people that can score. Was that was that something that kept you in the league and and, and it kept you a job defending guys like Cedric Sabalas? Yeah, I think I think the fact that I played with a lot of energy that helped me. You know what I'm saying? And I was athletic and I could play different multiple positions. You know what I'm saying? So I think that helped me because in college I was strictly probably a power forward, um, and when I got to the pros, I played small forward 
you know, power forward depended on the guy. Like, you know, Larry Johnson was a small power forward. Mm -hmm. I'd have to guard him and Charles Barkley and like a big small forward or like a shooting guard like Mitch Richmond, who was too strong for the normal shooting guard that could post them up. Yeah. He couldn't post me up. So, you know, I had to play against, you know, so I was, I was considered like a utility guy that could play several positions. Uh, that, so I think that helped me stick around. Another question about Cedric Sabalas. You know, he won that dunk contest, right? And a lot of people right. want to know, they think that he saw through that blindfold. Do you think he saw through that blindfold? I mean, I probably saw a little bit, but not not enough. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he could see. Like, it wasn't clear. But I think he probably could see a little bit. Yeah, I think he probably could see a little bit. A little bit? Yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, probably. Because I think Sean Kemp said he could see a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. So I don't know what the blindfold was. But maybe Sean Kemp might have lost to him in that dunk. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... I, you know, of course, Sean might say that, but I, you know, me, I, don't, I think he could probably see a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he could see, like, like if he didn't have it on, I don't think he could see that clear, but I'm sure he could probably see a little bit. All right. Uh, one last question about Cedric Sabalas. You saw him as a rookie, being a role player, and then within, let's say, five years, he's an all-star. Uh-huh. What did he improve upon that made him better, um, you know, on a year-by-year basis? When you saw him as an all-star, what was different about him than he was when he was a rookie? I don't think think a a whole lot was different about his game. I think the fact that he got an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Because there are are guys in the NBA that, you know, that can play, but they just don't get that same opportunity. He got an opportunity and he took advantage of it. So I don't think it was a whole lot different to his game. He still was the same guy scoring, quick off his feet, active. He still was that same guy. He just had more opportunity now. And he took advantage of that opportunity. So as we wrap up talking about Cedric Savalas, um, just to look at some accolades that he got during the 94-95 season. Uh, that was the year he was an all-star. He was player of the week December 25th, 1994, and also player of the week November 19th, 1995, which was the next season. Um, also player of the month December 1994 in the league. He During the 94-95 season, he was 15th uh, in MVP award shares. 95-96 uh, season, he was 13th in the league in scoring. Uh, at 21.2 points per game. He led the NBA in field goal percentage during the 92-93 season. That's the year the Suns made it to the NBA Finals. He shot 57% from the field that year. Uh, 93-94, he was 7th in the NBA in field goal percentage at 53.5. And 95-96, he was 12th at 53%. Um, so those are some pretty good accolades. Once again, keep in mind, selected all the way uh, late in the fourth, I mean, the second round. So for him to um, just be able to be in the league and then make noise on top of that, um, just like I said, the steal of the 1990 draft, um, he ended up his career uh, ended with the Denver Nuggets in 19, actually check that. 
his career ended. His last game he played um, was during the 2000-2001 season. He was playing with Miami. And he was 31 years old. And he averaged in his final season just 6.5 points per game. And overall, as a career, he played in 609 games. He averaged 14.3 points in those 609 games. He started 313 of them. So, you know, for there was a period in his career where he was a starter. There was a period in his career where he came off the bench. Um, but he was always respected as a guy that could put the ball in the basket and uh, contribute to a team and a team's success. And Cedric Sabalas uh, definitely is a memorable player. Very Most people have positive positive memories of him. Uh, he was exciting to watch and uh, just a fun player. Um, when you think about players in the 1990s, you know, he's he's on that list of guys where you go, yeah, it was really cool to watch him, um, you know, watch him perform. In uh, eight years, he made it, well, he made it to the playoffs eight seasons and uh, could participate in 13 series. And overall, in 59 playoff games, he averaged 9.8 points per game and 4.5 rebounds. And there are years where he was uh, the go-to guy, like when he was in L.A. Um, and then there were years when he was, you know, a contributor. Um, his greatest success um, was making it to the NBA Finals uh, with the Suns. And... You know what? I think I misspoke. He did not play in the finals against the Bulls, um, which for some reason I remember him doing, but didn't happen. Um, He did participate in a Western Conference Finals where they beat Seattle, but he did not participate in the finals against the Bulls, and Ricky Dumas, Dumas did. And so, you know, that's why people talked a lot about Dumas and none about Sabalas during the NBA Finals that year. But he definitely helped the Suns get there. Um, so, yeah, his best round in the NBA playoffs was in 1996 when Houston lost, or when his team, the Lakers, lost to Houston one game to three. And he put up 19 points per game in that series. So, yeah, that's that about Cedric Sabalas, um, 1990-91. It was his rookie season. This is his rookie card, which is pretty cool. And he went from being a late-round draft pick to a very good NBA player, a, an all-star, which so many players wish they could ever be. And he had a, a long career for considering – the circumstances. Yeah, he did retire at 31. He was done. But, you know, the average NBA career is not 10 years. It's much shorter. So for him to make it um, all of these seasons from the 1990-91 season to the 2000-2001 season is impressive considering where he was selected. Um, he did very well for himself. So that was this episode of My Basketball Cards. Hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Life Media. Thank you for tuning in, and we have more in store.